Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Harness Sayadar and Sayadeen. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. Thank you to Jason Enberg, who has recently leveled up from the Alir patron tier to the Knights Radiant tier. Congratulations on swearing your ideals. And of course, thank you for your support of Phantology. The show would not be possible without our fans. All right, what's up, you lowly thralls? Welcome to Vigrio, the battle plane. And Josh and I, this is Steven from Phantology. Josh and I will be talking about the Shadow of the Gods by... John Gwynn. Josh? I'm ready. I'm, you have your I'm axe sharpened nervous. and your, your C-axe or whatever. Uh, is, that's... is that what it's called? C-axe? Uh, I think so. And it's not It's not as like an actual axe that you use in the siege. It's like a short knife. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I realized that about halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So obviously we don't have much weapons experience, which appears to be a little bit of a prereq going into a John Gwynn book. And for both of us, this is our first John Gwynn book. So you will kind of have to forgive that lack of experience. Uh, But it it was a little bit of an experience in of itself. Like uh, Gwynn has a distinctive style. And I think that's something that people either really love or maybe don't like as much. Yes, uh, definitely. And throughout this book, we were doing it like as an ebook and you know how phones have that function where you highlight a word and you can look it up. I'm pretty sure iOS and Android both have it Uh and you can look up a word. I use that quite a bit for this book. I I don't know if I've never really used it reading before, but there are a lot of um, just not like for vocab words, but for like nouns, like a CX, like I I looked it up and I I saw like some pictures of them. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's a very authentic feel. Yeah. Right. It's very much in this Viking Norse mythology esque world, and uh, I guess we're kind of getting into the book yeah, already. Jump in. Uh, before we start uh, and, and talk about some of these things, so we got this book as an arc, as an advanced review copy. So thank you for that. This episode is coming out uh, hopefully on release day, and if you want a shorter style of review, you can check out the booktube video that I did that should be up a couple days before release day, but we're going to talk through, uh, starting with somewhat of an extended non-spoiler conversation. It might be some of the same stuff that I touch on on the booktube review, but we'll get Josh's opinion as well. And then we'll go into full spoilers. So if you haven't read yet, you're just kind of interested, feel free to tune in. We'll, we'll let you know when we talk specific plot points. So I'm kind of scared to voice my opinions about this book, Stephen. I'm just going to be <laughs> honest with you and with listeners about this. So let's talk about that. Uh, we both said it's our first Gwyn book. And going into this book, the arc reviews that I had seen were super high. And I think both of us tried to avoid paying too much attention to reviews for books that we haven't specifically read yet because we don't want to bias ourselves. But just being on Twitter, it was fairly obvious that advanced copies were really being received well. Yes. Yeah. 
so I didn't read any reviews until after I finished the book. And I kind of was texting you just some of my thoughts as I was reading it. And not to bury the lead here, but I didn't love this book. It would like compared to the uh, reviews and I'm not going to call it like any reviewer specifically because it was just across the board. Like it's getting solid. Yeah. 4.5 out of five stars, nine out of 10. You know, Goodreads is like 4.55. I think last time I checked on, on uh, there, uh, all of the reviews were nine stars, 10 stars, at least four stars, four out of five, I yeah. should say. Yes. So it was like an A review across the board. And even though we tried not to pay too much attention to that, like we knew that going in at least a little bit. So there is that, like expectations were fairly high. Well, I don't know. I So I, I wasn't paying too much attention. I hadn't read, I hadn't like actually read a review or like watched a booktube review or anything before I finished the book. Um, so I had seen hype on it and I had seen the Goodreads score about it, but that's kind of all I had seen. And I'm okay. not like super well steeped in Goodreads. So like, I don't really know if like 4.5 stars is like good for Goodreads. I mean, I assume it like obviously it is, it is but yeah. like, I don't know how many books have a 4.5 star rating or like not that many. Like not that many. Okay. Usually good books are, you got to be above four. So good reads reviews are kind of weird because it's out of five stars. And if you're below four, it's pretty much assumed the book is not good. But if I'm giving a review like eight out of 10, that's good. Seven out of 10, that's good. Yeah. But then if you translate that to Goodreads stars, you're like 3.5 out of five, that, that sucks. But that's not really the case. So Goodreads is a little different. You can't just translate that schedule or that uh, rating system to 10 stars. Gotcha. Yeah. And we, we typically use 10 stars on Phantology. Like we, we're kind of, we haven't really definitively like nailed down our rating system. Cause I think we all like to kind of talk about things beyond a star rating, but mine wouldn't be nowhere close to a nine star. I'm just throwing it out there <laughs> or a four, 4.5. So if you've seen the, the book tube that I did, I think I gave it a 7.5. I was between 7.5 and 8. I ended up going 7.5. Honestly, through the first half of the book, I was like, what's the deal? Why do people like this book so much? I really liked the end, and that really bumped up my rating. But it sounds like that didn't do it for you. It kind of stayed low. So I'm, I mean, I'll just give my rating right now. I, I in, in my mind, this is 6 out of 10, but Oof. Uh, maybe a 6.5 out of 10. We're definitely going to get so some. we're so yeah. I know so I know I'm going to get hated on in the comments and first of all let me just preface this with saying like some books just might not be for me like I fully get that there's you know like I'm not super steeped in like uh, the Norse mythology or like Norse it's not like there's that much mythology in this book but like it's definitely a Norse setting and that's well, there were a like lot a- of things a lot of the mythology from the from the book from the shadow of the gods pulled from direct Norse events, which okay. maybe you're not as familiar with if you're not uh, familiar yeah. with Norse mythology. I've, so, so yeah, let, let me preface it with that. Like I'm not super into Norse mythology. I'm not super into like, like I don't love that idea. Like I watched the first like five episodes of Vikings and didn't love it that much. I don't know. Like there's something about Norse stuff and like Viking stuff that just like doesn't totally jive with me. I don't know what it is. Okay. You like to be in warmer climates. You don't like to be throwing your axe around and endlessly killing people. Or I guess so. So, so, well, okay. Just let me keep going with, with my, my prefaces to this or my, uh-huh. uh, I guess. 
It's too late to give prefaces because you already. I know. Your, not, my, not my preface. My your rationale. Your, yeah, my rationale. Well, your defense. Just, <laughs> not not my defense of my actual rating because I will defend that. But like my defense that I don't think necessarily everybody should give this book like a six out of ten, and I can understand why people like it. The other big like external factor, like totally outside of the scope of this book, is that I've had like some health issues while I've been reading this book. So I've been on like painkillers and I've been in a lot of pain. And so like uh, that might have honestly, like I've had a really, I mean, tough, I, I, I think life hasn't been terrible, but life has been painful for yeah, the last few. You've hated everything about the last couple of weeks of your life. So, yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't want to like a pity party myself, but that might've like skewed my opinion of this book. Cause okay. when you're in pain during something like you might not, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I hear that. I hear yeah. that. I think people can understand that. Yeah. So, so there's that, but we'll get into, especially in the like spoilery part, reasons why, like specific reasons why I didn't love it. But first of all, and the other thing is, like, you hear it a six out of ten. Like, I still don't think that's a bad book. I think it was a good book. Like, it was a solid. It was a very competent book, is the way I, I think I am going to put mm. it. It was well done. It was well structured. The pacing was good. The characterization was fine. There's a lot of good things about it, but in my mind, there was nothing that was super, super amazing about about it to bump it up above like that six out of 10 mark. Let me kind of throw out some some general plot points of the book, no spoilers here. But uh, like you said, it's the Norse mythology, Viking culture. The gods were all killed off like 300 years ago. In the meantime, this pit has opened and the earth demons are walking the earth. Life is very bloody on the battle plane. We follow three different points of view, Orca, Elvar, and Varg. Each one of them kind of have a different role to play. And we're just thrown right into it. You don't get a whole lot of backstory. You do get some lore here and there, but a lot of it is just kind of discovery along the way, which I thought was was pretty solid. Like you don't want too much info dump and there, there definitely was not much, if any of that. So I thought that was really well integrated. And so we've just kind of follow our points of view through the story as they unravel events and big events are obviously on the horizon. That's why that's what we expect from an epic fantasy book, especially a fantasy book that has a incredible cover art piece mm-hmm. with this dragon that's dwarfing this warrior. And I, I mean, there is a lot of epic scale. And, and so you do get those things. So that all sounds good to me, Josh. Um, everything I just said sounds like a pretty compelling book and it is compelling like it lives I should say it lives it totally lives up to its promise like it's its own promise if that makes sense like it is definitely like the that cover art is earned it is very epic it does follow like a very um, compelling story with compelling characters so I don't want to like if you go in like you see the book and you go in I think you're going to be like impressed with the book and like enjoy reading the book. I think pretty much anybody who picks up this book is for the most part going to enjoy it, which is why it's a six out of 10. Like it's an enjoyable book. I don't, especially it sounds like if you like Gwyn and you're familiar with his style, this sounds like it's more of the same and and you're going to like it. And unfortunately, neither one of us have read his other series. I'm Mm -hmm. not opposed to circling back and I I probably will at, at some point, but if you like that style, a very, very fast action. The chapters are fairly short. We're jumping around from point of view to point of view. There's basically constant action. Yep. And actually the one thing that was special about this book was the action and the set pieces. 
I think that um, he's up there with like Abercrombie and Sanderson in the way that he's able to write write fight scenes. The way that he takes you through the action, it's fairly cinematic. It's like Abercrombie where you just kind of like, it's almost like it's all in one shot and you're following whoever Mm -hmm. you are, whoever the point of view is all the way through. It makes it pretty exciting to read the action. And it's very creative. Like you see lots of different set pieces, lots of different ways to bring action and violence to the book. Yes, yes. And I'm not opposed to like violence in my book. Like I love Abercrombie. I think he's like up there, if not my favorite author, like definitely top three, you know, currently working authors Mm -hmm. so i'm not opposed to like violence but i think that this book like relied on violence to move the plot forward and that was was like like every chapter there was this formula where we start the chapter Mm -hmm. not every chapter but very often you start the chapter things are happening and then all of a sudden violence and now you know the action goes for a few more pages and then stop chapter end and i found myself like enjoying like i said i think that the that the action and those uh, those scenes were really well done. But when you just read them so often, like I found myself just kind of skimming them a little bit because they mm-hmm. happen so often that it's not like, and they're all well done, but it's kind of like in like an end game, like when you're on your like third hour of the movie and like the, the same scene, <laughs> yeah. like this, the one of the best scenes like ever recorded, like in cinema, I think is like that whole set piece and end game with all of the Avengers coming through. But at some point you're just like, it gets to be a little bit mind numbing where you're just like seeing, you know, so much action that it's just like, okay, well, yeah, I, we can kind of move on from that. And this book just like, didn't do that. It was just every chapter from the beginning to the end had um, some sort of like uh, violence and it, it would end on some violent. Yeah. Note. Yeah. It was like, okay, here we go. Sword, shield, CX. Honestly, I might be pronouncing that wrong. Might be some other type of pronunciation. Sex or CX. Yeah. Six. Yeah. Uh, you know, spears. So definitely Gwen knows his weapon craft. I I believe it. I don't know much about weapons other than what I read in fantasy, to be honest. But I believe that he knows. And I think I know more after reading this. Like, I understand now that if you want to take down someone with a shield, you got to get your axe over the rim and hook the shield and pull yep. them close. Like there's a lot of things like that, that, you know, it's, it's nice to read something from someone who you can tell is an expert. Yes. 100%. And he also like, it was nice to not just read a sword, you know, and like uh sword and shield, like you had CXs and, and my Wikipedia reading of what a CX was like, it was a, it's like a knife that a long knife that was carried by both men and women and it was used for fighting, but it was also used just for like mundane, you know, gutting Mm -hmm. fish or what have you, just like what a normal knife would be used for. And I think that was cool because two of the characters that we follow are women. And one of them is a very bloody woman. If you can, you know, like she uh, is not every character is, but yeah. Right. But, but above and beyond, you know, like this character is, um, Mm the defining part of her character is that she will kill you if she comes across you and she thinks that you should not be alive any longer. Um, uh, so I thought that was cool that like, it was a, not like a womanly weapon, but it was like a weapon that like uh, women would have had. And that was the other cool thing about this book. It was, it wasn't just like, like the gender rules were not like, Oh, it's weird that a woman's fighting. It's like, mm-hmm it wouldn't be any more weird to see a woman out on the battlefield than a man, you know? In yeah, this it was very, very much like Malazan where men and women are equally fighting and, and the gender roles are pretty much across the board the same. 
it wouldn't be weird to see a man kill a woman or a woman kill a man you know it's just like two characters are fighting and their gender like doesn't matter too much it does in the sense that like it, it would talk about how like she knew that she was smaller than the man so she had to do something to like compensate for that you know what i mean like that stuff yeah. was there and it like addressed that in a semi-realistic way but it wasn't like the fact that they were a woman meant that they couldn't be fighting so i thought that was cool so what did we not like about it then because it sounds like you know we're are we dancing around um some issues that you had I mean, with it because these are a lot of these are a lot of good things. Yeah, and again, six out of ten, like it's an enjoyable book, and these were all the best things about it, in my opinion. And just the last thing about it is just the entire setting. Like we talked about the weapons, and the weapons were a big part of it. But like it talked about the clothes that they would wear, and it talked about uh, like one of these words that I just Wikipedia. It was like this way of stitching before like stitching and uh, like uh, knitting became a thing. It was like how they would like put together fabric. And mm-hmm. it, it like used that word. And like, I went down a little Wikipedia rabbit hole, like reading about that. So stuff like that, I really, really appreciate about this book. Like very John Quinn, like definitely did his research and very immersive, very like strong world building. And not in the way that like Sanderson builds out like a fantasy world, but in a way that like, that you could see like, oh man, this is kind of like earth only obviously mm-hmm. not because there's things that aren't on earth. And all those things were really cool as well. Sorry, I'm just going, I'm kind of ranting a little bit, but there's like a mermaid type thing that pops up in one of the chapters. And sorry, this is like kind of a, it's not really a spoiler because I'm not going to spoil about the scenes, but it was a. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the name. Um, I'm assuming this is related to some mythology or some kind of, yeah. So it was like the kind of Norse version of like a mermaid, like a a Mm. mer person. And so I went down a little Wikipedia rabbit hole of reading about that. And it's like a, a, actually a thing that I think it was more like Germanic, if I'm remembering correctly. But yeah, so there is so many things like that where I would just like, oh, there's a cool word. Let me look that up. Let me go down like a little rabbit hole. And I felt like I did learn a lot through reading this book. So I can't say enough good things about that portion of the book. Yeah, to just kind of summarize, he does a great job of combining the known setting that we're somewhat familiar with this Viking-esque thing with this unknown of now we're adding real magic to it, right? It's not just mythology. Stuff's going on. There's gods, there's demons, there's magic. And it all kind of works together to create this new thing. But it works because we like the magic. It's it's intriguing. It's new. But we also can, you know, it's against this backdrop of something that we already have some experience with at least. Yep. A lot of things to really like about this book. I will say that. So let me feed you uh, something that I didn't like quite as much. This is kind of my main, I'll say I had two big criticisms. And again, we're still staying away from spoilers. We'll talk spoilers in a little bit. But my first criticism was, I felt like there was almost zero depth to the entire book. Like it was all about running around and fighting and killing and, and moving towards the plot. The plot was interesting, but there was hardly any depth. There were some... There was some talk of like family and the, um, the the importance of blood and your adopted family and what that all means, which was good every now and then. And then there was some talk of like courage and standing up and, you know, kind of growing up and being a man or, 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 or woman, right? Like being a kind of a warrior in this society. So there were some things, but the whole thing felt like very surface level. And, and it didn't feel like one of those little lessons learned could have been applied to any of the three main characters that we were following, Right. Yeah, like 
growth, char- character growth. Did it happen? There was a, a little okay. bit. My some. biggest, okay. So my biggest thing about this book that I did not like was the characters were like, in some ways they were uh, intriguing because they all had like a purpose. They were all out to do like a very specific thing. And you're like, knew that one thing. So they had strong motivation, mm-hmm. but like, there was nothing else about like any of the three characters that we were following that was like really interesting beyond like their main motivation. They had a motivation, they had a backstory. It was all kind of different, but, and why was that? Was it just like a lack of, of an internal monologue almost where you didn't really get a sense of what their emotions were? I don't know. That's the, that's why I can't, that's why this book is not higher for me is because the characters were so, flat for me they you knew what their motivation was but they didn't have much of a voice and i just didn't really care about them as characters like if we jumped into a an orca chapter compared to an elvar chapter or a varg chapter our three points of view i don't know if i it would take me a while to like even know who the point of view was without that character appearing on page because it all was very similar yes exactly even further than that, like, so these are our three main characters and, you know, there's some characterization there. I don't, I don't think they were as awful. Um, I, I think there was a little bit of death. Maybe you didn't like him as much as me, but the, the, the second thing that really bugged me was like all of the minor characters and supporting cast. Those guys were hundred percent interchangeable. Completely like if I'm picking up on one, if I'm going into an Alvar and then I'm switching over to a Varg, like they've all kind of got some like, you know, second in command type guys that are, um, a part of different tribes or, or different groups. Um, still trying to stay away from spoilers, but, and they all kind of had Viking names, which was good, you know, very realistic, but these guys, the, the secondary guys, they had a purpose. They didn't have much of a backstory and they were entirely interchangeable. And because the names were somewhat familiar, just kind of different vowels thrown around. Uh, I, I had a hard time telling yeah. them apart, to be honest. I did too. Okay. Light, light spoilers. So if you don't want any spoilers, I, I might say uh, knock off now. I, I, well, do you want to go? Like, I, I want to say one thing that's like kind of spoiler, like not really spoilery, but kind of <laughs> the frame of the book. So, is it a is it a plot thing? Character thing? No, we're, just we're like doing framing here? of the book. Like it might be on the back, something that would be like on the back of a book cover. Okay, back book cover spoilers. Okay, back of the book cover. So, two of the characters were in like a little war band. Yeah, and the, yep. pretty much uh-huh. the exact same setting, like with different. <laughs> Very, yep. <laughs> but like the exact same thing with characters that were doing the, like the secondary characters, like you said, I could not say if this secondary character was in this warband or this warband, like maybe one or two from each of the warbands. But like that was only at the ending of the book that I could maybe have like. Yeah, by the end, say. there yeah. are some by distinctions, but yeah. through the middle, you're like, okay. Battlegrim or Bloodsworn, what are we yeah, doing here? Who's exactly who's in what? Like what? I, it, that that decision right there. I mean, I get like why you might want to do that, but like it just that kind of tanked the book for me because I felt like two of the characters, like while they were different, but like the setting around them was like pretty much the exact same, and their motivations mm-hmm. were pretty different, but still the setting around them, what they're doing day to day. And like the internal things, like the way that they would relate to the characters around them was pretty similar. Anyway. I have to agree with that. I think that, I feel like that's a valid criticism. I mean, maybe if you want to say that you read the book and you didn't care about that, that's fine. But 
I think that's that's our take. I, I'll stand with you on that one. It, it would be like in Harry Potter if you like follow two main characters and one was in like Hufflepuff and one was in Ravenclaw and like they were like pretty much doing the exact same things only had different names. Like you'd be like, uh-huh. why aren't they just one character? Or like, why? I don't, it, it was weird to me. It was weird to me. Okay, before we get into spoilers, let's do our thing where we recommend this book to fans of other books. So if you like other series, other books, what are these books? Like, what's the similarity? Uh, this is like a, you go, you go. Cause I, I don't, I, I don't want to insult. I feel like I've been ranting. So why don't, why don't you start us off? Okay. I have three. So I'm going to say the burning series by Evan Winter, very similar, fast paced, lots of action. Um, lots of, ve- lots of vengeance. Vengeance is a big thing in both books. Red rising also similar, just, you know, again, hitting on the fast paced action. And that was a series that you didn't like as much. So I'm seeing some similarities and it could be someone of your preference. And I'm going to also say the Anthony Ryan books, which is like the Vale and Sorna adventures, blood song, and those sequels. There's a similarity with all three books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think I agree on all of those, but I think, well, uh, I haven't finished, I haven't finished Road Rising and I haven't finished the last blood song book. I've read the first two, but I think that those are all be like, definitely the first blood song book would be better than this book, I think. And like, the, the burning, I think Evan Winter's books are like way better than this. I, I don't know about way better. I think I give gave the burning both books like either an eight or an 8.5. I gave this one a six. So like significantly better. Like if you haven't read, you know, if you really read that, then I agree with you. And this is kind of like, if you were to take kind of like, if you were to take Sanderson and Abercrombie and like Evan Winter, if you're just like, like a lot of the big names in fantasy right now and like mush them up, and like throw in like even uh with kind of the like with how evan winter took um a culture and really dove into that culture and used a lot of cultural mm-hmm. elements like he really did that so if you take like that element along with like the vengeance element along with like the really great action writing from like uh abercrombie and like sanderson you took all that and you like mushed them up and then you took like the character growth out of them then you would get <laughs> this book <laughs> yeah so that's our non-spoiler review. Feel free to come at us in the oh, comments. I, I know I'm a lot of Gwyn rich. fans. Yeah, a lot of Gwyn fans are not going to be happy with this. And having said all this, I can't believe I haven't read a Gwyn book before because he was like this was a really strong book and a lot. It was a very competent book. It was well paced. Like I want to go read his other books now, having read this book. So like, please, like a six out of ten is not bad. You know, I would recommend this book. I don't think that this is a terrible book. I'm I'm not like trying to get hate for this. It's just my, that's my opinion. All right, <laughs> Josh, six out of 10. I'll stick with the 7.5 out of 10. So it's, our review is lower. And, uh, you know, we're trying to be honest about that. We're really trying to review books with our honest review, right? Like uh, that's what, that's what authors are asking for when they send us ARCs. That's what we're trying to do. So uh, I'm sorry. I know that uh, I know that fanboys might be upset, but uh, that's where we're at on this one. And I can see why people would give this a nine out of ten if you're like super, super into like the the historical like accuracy and really like into all that stuff. I could totally see why this would be like right up people's alleys. So if you could look like love this book and gave it a nine out of ten or ten out of ten, I can understand that. Like I'm not saying you're wrong, but for me, yeah, okay. <laughs> Okay, let's do spoilers. And I'm assuming in the spoiler conversation, uh, Josh will get into more of his pros and cons. 
sure. uh, as, as will I. So if you haven't read the book yet and release, we're releasing this episode on release day. So there's a pretty good chance that you haven't, or maybe you're circling back around. So give it a read and tune in again for spoiler chat. Okay, so let's start talking about our three mains. Uh, that always kind of takes us through a good portion of conversation about the plot. So I'm going to start with Orca because she was my favorite character. And one thing about Orca, so she's she's a mother, and we don't get a lot. Like I honestly cannot think of another mother type character in fantasy that has a point of view and is a main character, and you follow her throughout, and she's cool and competent and doesn't need anyone else's help. And we're doing top three mothers right now for Phantology in the month of May for Mother's Day. And I mean, if you don't put Orca in, Josh, I'm going to for my uh, I mean, I already, uh, I was talking with Kenzie. I was going to put Orca in, in here. So we'll see who goes first on our, <laughs> on our lineup tomorrow. But yes. I thought she was the best character. And mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a ton of growth for her most of the growth is like as a reader discovering what her backstory is. And I thought this was one of the more satisfying moments at the very end of the book, the reveal that she was the previous leader of the Bloodsworn. It is the Bloodsworn, right? Because it's, it's Varg's group. Yeah. Yeah. Of all yes. the tainted. Yeah. Yep. Um, Skull Splitter, I think. Yep. Was the was one who, title. yeah. So we were getting stories of this warrior throughout the book. Mm-hmm. And, and it ended up being Orca. Like, that was cool. Yeah. I, I really liked it. I mean, there were yeah. enough hints with Orca, but it was always left vague. So you're always kind of wondering, but the action was going along fast enough where I never stopped enough to, like, really think about what was going on with their backstory. And Skull Splitter was mentioned enough where you're like, okay, this is interesting, but never thought really enough about it. So it was a nice tie-in at the end. I thought that was, was it the best moment of the book? I mean, the dragon fight was pretty cool. Dragon fight was super cool. That was awesome. But that kind of came out of nowhere too, you know, a little bit. Like, a little bit. It happened very fast. Yeah, I was like, I was yeah. just kind of like reading. It was kind of late last night. I was kind of reading. I'm like, okay. I'm like, wait, there's a dragon? <laughs> like, yeah, it escalated like, very quickly. I mean, we, yeah. knew that we knew there was a dragon. That was something that had been right. set up. But, but like, wait, there's a dragon flying through there. And I had to like go right. back a little bit, like kind of reread some stuff. Yeah. Within the space of like three or four pages, we got to the point where, okay, we're at the world tree here. And okay, the dragon's definitely down there and she's being chained. And okay, now we are doing some kind of ceremony with all the kids, the tainted kids. And okay, the dragon's out. Like it happened very fast. Yeah, yeah. To me, that moment, I was more focused on the kids. Like, oh man, or is like, is Orca going to come in and find her kid right now? Or well, Orca is... was way far away. Well, she was. Well, she was in the same mountain range. Like that's the thing. I I didn't really know like yeah. where in the mountain range she was. There was there a were... map. There was a map, but I also struggled to know exactly distances between because they yeah. kind of got close to each other by the end, and obviously by the end, Varg and Orca. Have yeah basically met up so she wasn't like way far like i thought it was realistic that she could she would be she might come in and yeah a like, couple of days could have passed yeah. she she could have okay yeah sure. so i but my focus was more on these kids or like even even if like elvar like saw like said okay now i i don't care about anything else i want to rescue these kids for whatever reason or something you know like in that moment i thought like okay the focus is going to be on these kids and then that's going to like kind of tie back into orca you know, that's kind of like where my brain was heading. And mm-hmm. so I was like focused on these kids. And then now out of nowhere, there's like, not out of nowhere because it was leading up and definitely foreshadowed, but now there's a dragon fight, which was awesome. 
which is a great part of the book. It just, for me, it's not where my headspace was. So we're kind of jumping around a little bit, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, we'll get back to work in a second. So if we're talking about the dragon fight, maybe we stick there for now. So was it a spoiler that the dragon was on the cover? And the whole time I was thinking the dragon is going to show up because there's a massive dragon on the cover. It's got to happen in the book. And so was it, I mean, was that enough of foreshadowing just the fact that it was on the cover and the art was so awesome? I guess, but also it could have, I don't know. I like, I kind of got to the point where I was like, man, maybe they're just uh, trying to be a little bit misleading with the cover here. Like maybe they're just, no, that would have been I so messed up if you got to the end of the book and there was no massive dragon from the cover. I guess. Yeah. I would have been mad. I feel like books do that though. Yeah. The art was so awesome that if it wasn't there, it, it just the just the quality of the art was, yeah. I, I would have been quite upset. Yeah. I, one thing I was confused about the tenor, the tenor things like the the vasin facing demon things that were like basically mini dragons. I when those were first introduced and Brecca like bonded one essentially, I was thinking that that was going to grow into a big dragon like that was my initial thing like okay there's a big dragon on the cover we're gonna get that somehow okay we've got this small dragon thing that we've now had a you know friendship with so this is it it definitely did not go in that direction so that was some confusion i don't know if that's a criticism but that's kind of where my head was at i was just a little confused in general with the demon with the vase and things like the tenor had fingers and then there were like several different kinds and they never identified what the different kinds were like if if you said oh, okay like oh now there's this new kind i would be like okay sure like yeah. i don't really know enough about him i agree i yeah. wish there's more clarity there yeah to me that was all kind of just thrown in the beginning to kind of like get you Im- immersed in like say okay this world is kind of like ours but not yeah I, i'm not i don't think you're wrong but it didn't seem like it was as big of a deal to me it seemed kind of like a blast-ended skirt in harry potter yeah. Magical creatures just keep on showing up. Yeah. So Orca, how good was their family connection? Because that was a theme that I did like that was in there enough. So we had Thorkel, her husband, and Brecca. I hope I'm getting all these names right. There are a lot of names. Uh, doing my best here. But uh, like, how attached were you to the family? Did you care about their well-being? To me, it was pretty well foreshadowed that like her main thing as a character was going to be going on like some sort of quest to get her son back so even before brecca was taken yeah i mean i think you like these other kids are getting taken. yeah and and to me i think there was a comment pretty early on about how she would like do whatever she needed to to like mm-hmm. keep her kids safe or something like there there's some stuff like that that was just that led me to think okay yeah this is going to be a story about her getting her kid back Thorkel was for sure dead. Like he, that yeah. guy was not lasting long. He was, he was too good-hearted. Like he was, he was too much like emotional fodder to throw in and kill. So he for sure was going to die. It seemed like everything he said was like going to be his last words. Like every yeah. line he said, it was like, okay, yeah. that could work as his last words. Or okay, that could be a send off, you know? So we liked the family. Okay. But it was fairly obvious what was going to happen uh, with Orca. Okay. Another question. For as great of a warrior as she was, like she basically won every fight. I mean, not every fight. She was wounded sometimes. And when she was outnumbered, she did have to retreat a few times. 
I thought she definitely like her abilities kind of leveled up. Like at first you're like, Oh, like she's a pretty good fighter. You're like, Oh, she's a really good fighter. And you got more and more of that. And that was, that was cool. But should she have been a better strategic fighter? Like basically her battle plan was always to run straight in and kill everyone, but, uh, but one person yep. and leaf and moored her. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty funny running joke yeah. throughout the book. Like what's the plan? Kill everybody but one person. What are you going to do with that for? Torture the one person. <laughs> what if they don't know anything? Like, it's not like the one person living is going to uh-huh. know everything. But I thought that was a pretty funny joke throughout the series. And it, it, it was funny when at the end they're like, that's really your plan? Like, <laughs> that's not very much deep cunning. Your thought cage came up with that. That okay. was it. Oh my gosh. I can't believe. Wait, wait, just, I can't believe we didn't talk about this earlier. So and you the, hate the thought cage. Thing. Dude, I don't hate it. Okay, first of all, like this is an arc and like they might, I feel like this is something that an editor might like maybe go through, but the thought page, like I think our arc got returned, like our digital arc got returned. So I can go back and do the control, like the find for how many times thought cage it like had to have been. So I noticed it about halfway through and then it was for sure in every chapter, 100% mm-hmm. after I noticed it, it was in every chapter after that. It's like take a, take a swig of mead. Yeah. every time <laughs> like one i'm sorry because now you're going to notice it like i get that like you might have a different name for your like brain or like your mind but just use a different you know word every now and again or yeah. you can just say she thought like it, it doesn't have to be in her thought cage it was a little corny it, it it was i thought it was one of those things where like if it was used sparingly it would be really cool but it was just so overused sorry sorry it was grating to me. It was one of those things where one time. Yeah, I'm with you. It was a little bit grating. For the most part, like the immersion was really good, but there were, this was a good example of where it was just like a little too far. And yeah, maybe you're reading the book and perhaps, perhaps the arc that we read, they decided to change it. Maybe the editor made, maybe it's not even there. Maybe you think we're crazy right now. It, it does say like to not use specific quotes in the review or like specific lines because it, some stuff may be changed. So like, honestly, I'm hoping that in the final copy, like an editor would pick that up and be like, okay, this is a little bit overused. So hopefully, but that, that's something that uh, you can let us know in the comments. All right. That's Orca. Anything else about Orca? She was my favorite character, but she was also a, the, the embodiment of like, there is not very much depth to her. You know, I thought that her taking on, uh what what were they moored and Lif? Mord and leaf i think left yeah yeah left yeah so i thought that that did give ground her a little bit and i'm super glad that she did that and it did give her a little bit more stakes because you knew she wasn't going to die but you did get attached to them through her so that did add more stakes to her chapters because you're mm-hmm. always worried about one you knew one of them was going to die by the end you like we're pretty sure about yeah. it yeah and so um, I'm always a sucker for like a good brother relationship in, in a book. And I thought, but again, like they didn't really have their own distinct personalities, you know? And yeah, their, their personality was they were the sons of the fisherman guy who got killed in that unfair duel where the thrall came out and, and, uh, and took him down. And uh, their personality, I mean, they both, they all had the same, all three, their personality was vengeance, essentially. Well, and I feel like one of, them was always really mortally wounded like or close to mortally wounded all the time and i don't know if it was like which one tracking which one had the worst injury at the time you know but then i felt like 
when they needed to recover, they just could recover from like a bite, like a laceration across the shoulder or something like that. Like they would just like, Oh, now we're fine. It's always a tough thing. If you're going to, you know, you want to make it believable. So people are going to get wounded. You don't want them to get wounded too bad. Cause then the action can't continue. So you've got to kind of walk that middle line. I think that's tough as an author. Yeah. But I think like that's something that like Abercrombie does really, really well is like, he'll have, an injury that somebody that a character gets in one chapter, like has an impact on like several chapters later. Hmm. All right. So Varg, you liked Varg, right? Uh, kind in of. one of your texts to me, you said, quote, my man Varg got kicked in the face or something like that. So I, I assumed you liked him. Well, a boot, a boot to the head. It's like from a comedy sketch. To... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I liked Varg. I liked Varg. I think I liked Varg at the beginning and then like I stopped really caring about Varg because his story was so repetitive and I just stopped being as invested and I got much more invested in Orca's storyline. Mm-hmm. So my characters went Orca and then Varg and then like pretty far below Varg Elva. Elvar. <laughs> Elvar. You, you disliked her so much you can't even remember her name. <laughs> <laughs> I'll yeah. say Varg. Yeah, Varg was interesting at first and then just like his entire storyline with the Battlegrim we're like, okay, now we're trucking through the forest on an errand for the queen. And we're not sure exactly what it is. Like that took so much momentum away from the Bloodsworn, I thought. Yeah. I liked Varg a lot more when it was just him, you know, when it was just like, okay, how, how is he going to get out of this scrap? And you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and that was really only for the first maybe quarter of the book. Like he did. Yeah. The beginning was really interesting where he was running away and then he joins the, the battle grim or sorry, not the battle grim. Uh, he joins the blood sworn. I I'm probably going to mix it up. So I apologize. Uh, okay. It's the same. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of them tainted. One of them is not. <laughs> that's the difference. Yeah. But that's supposed to be a big deal. But by then I was like, okay, cool. Like it didn't yeah. really. Yeah. It was supposed to be like a big reveal. But to me, I never, I felt like it wasn't really, I don't know if I just didn't pick up on it or it just wasn't really hammered in like how big of a deal being tainted was in the society, you know? I mean, you saw the thralls that were captured with the the chains of the wolf god, right? It was, it was a pretty big deal. Yeah, but to me, I never really, like I thought that they, I, I don't know. Part of it seems like it was, it was so easy to hide being tainted almost like, how do any tainted get caught just like being in the i guess we saw how when uh when they caught the first guy bior whatever no not bior bior was the other guy but uh, the 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 bear guy mm-hmm. was that was it a bear anyway you know the, the main guy that they capture yeah uh, right from the beginning yeah so i i guess i didn't really that didn't really click for me that like every every uh tainted was hunted down and captured I don't know if it didn't click for me or if it just, it should have been a bigger deal to me or I, I don't know. I d- it didn't really, I didn't really care that like much. Like when it was revealed that Varg was tainted, you're like, cool, he's tainted. Well, it seemed, it seemed like kind of uh, obviously, like I didn't, you know, yeah. if you have asked, if you have told me halfway through that he was tainted, I'd be like, okay. And, and maybe part of it is like Orca was obviously tainted, but that was never really addressed. Super well. It's like, okay, she's tainted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but back back to him, all the momentum with his character was kind of lost. Yeah, when he when he joined up the Bloodsworn. Well, I mean, it was interesting at first with the Bloodsworn, with some of the politics that they got into from that. That that was the Bloodsworn, right? With that, with the Southern Kingdom, that was definitely yeah. I'm gonna say for sure it was the Bloodsworn. 
I thought I thought that was interesting. But once they took off and went on this random errand, like I, I feel like all the momentum was lost. Yeah, I agree. Luckily, there were other plot lines that picked up for that, but his at least. I mean, it was still the so so you weren't as interested, you weren't as invested in the what happened to his sister. Is okay. he going to stay with them plotline? So I always thought that he would do what he needed to to get his sister back. No, no, his sister's dead. Well, okay, to avenge his sister. Well, supposedly dead. But that here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing. I don't think she's dead. She's not really dead, right? Well, I don't know. Okay, so let, let me I texted you about this. Yeah. I do I do not the biggest mystery to me about this book was why it didn't I mean I suppose it was that you didn't want to find out that he was tainted until the end of the book right because otherwise I can't see why you wouldn't have known the whole story of what happened to his sister because it was always just kind of like alluded to that like he kind of knew his sister was dead that his sister was dead and he kind of knew that for sure but he didn't know how she died and it never told you exactly what happened right well he didn't want to tell anyone he didn't trust anyone enough right but like he it seemed like you should have known that as a reader you should have known what he knew i felt like okay so like we're in his head enough where there's no reason for this information not to be available to us yeah the only reason why you wouldn't want to do that is if it's like a big reveal and like no spoilers for stormlight but like kaladin's arc throughout the first book mm. that was done really well where you don't know exactly how he got in yeah. a situation and it was like a really big reveal and like done really well where you're like okay that's why we didn't know because if we would have known then it would have changed how else we saw this this okay this. you know okay. what i mean yeah so yeah. like so i expected that if we're going to and and i feel like the reason for that was to not know that he was tainted because the only reason why she knew he she was dead was because he was tainted and had this connection to her mm. because he was tainted so what if it's a future book thing it's, it's going to be a trilogy i don't think she's dead i mean he thinks she's dead it, it seems like a, a fairly obvious plot point in the future she's not really dead or she died by the hands of someone that we like yeah and we don't know that they didn't realize why kind of that miscommunication and that's going to be a problem yeah so i hope that there's more of it but at least knowing what he knew, I feel like we should have known from the start of the book because it would have made things. Yeah. Okay. It would have improved his character. I think it would have improved his character drastically because we would have had more motivation to really care about his sister because mm-hmm. as it was, we literally didn't know anything about his sister. We knew that they had a strong relationship and we knew that they like kind of all they had was each other, but we didn't really know why that was how big of a deal it was. We knew that like they didn't have their parents in the picture, but we just didn't know. I feel like not knowing really made it hard to really care about him getting his vengeance. I can see that. Okay. So you're saying we, we learned at the end what happened, but there was no reveal nature to it. Like he just thinks she's dead in the same way that he's, that he's thought she's dead previously. We get the story. We could have got that story earlier. Would have made it for a stronger character. Yeah. If we're going to hold off on that, let's make it into something that's a bigger reveal. That's more of a surprise, more impactful. That didn't happen in this book. Exactly. Okay. So Elvar, um, who you hated, apparently uh, uh, let's, let's talk her because she goes through the big end sequence, the big set piece there, which was the coolest part of the book. 
but it was through, I guess, the character's eyes that you didn't really care for? Okay, so about halfway through, two-thirds of the way through, I was like, okay, I have to, like, find some reason to care about Elvar. Otherwise, like, I'm just not going to like these chapters, you know? You didn't think that just the plot and then kind of, like, the spunky princess-type girl that takes up, it's almost like a Shalon Devar type situation, except Shalon is a hardened warrior. I, I okay, the, this trope I like, right? Like, even with like real time people, I like Elaine because to me, I see this kind of like, as I know, but like, I see a similar type thing where like, here's this princess who like uh-huh. is out there like trying to like earn her stripes, right? So, like, I, I like this trope almost to a fault. But there was no personality in her. Like there's nothing. <laughs> People are gonna roast me so hard. There's no this. spice to her. She's there's no, yeah. She's yeah. She's the princess. Um, she likes getting these trophies as she has you know kind of made a name for herself. She had to make a hard decision in joining her father or not halfway through the book. There's some things there. Like there's some decisions she has to make. She does do things and she does make decisions. There's no sort of like you understand she made this decision because of this part of her personality. It was because some Oracle told her something about um, how a wolf can never become a sheep. (laughs) And so she just interpreted that and made her decision based on that. Like, and actually let me, so on the decisions, I feel like there were at least a couple of times. So two that I'm going to point you one with Elvar that you just talked about join your, her father or not one with Varg. Is he going to go with the blood sworn? Not the blood sworn. Yes, the Bloodsworn. Is he going to stay with the Bloodsworn? <laughs> or is he going to go uh, with Skalk, the Galdermon, right? However you pronounce that. But both of these decisions, they didn't really have to make because events took the decisions away from them, right? The violence, the action that just inevitably happened ended up taking these decisions away. And I think that negatively impacted our characters because we didn't see any growth in them making decisions they were just forced down one path. They had a hard decision, didn't have to make it. And it wasn't, okay. And it wasn't done in like a meaningful way. Like there are some authors that do this, like Camp Abercrombie does this, where like a character will be moving towards one decision and then like the plot comes in and sweeps them and they have to like, they don't make that decision anymore, right? Like, mm. and and it, that adds, like there can be in a situation where that adds a lot to the character where they're like, I wouldn't have made this decision, but now I, or I might not have, but now it's made mm. for me. And so I have to deal with that. I have to like, think about it. I have to like change my whole perspective on the world. So you need more like, navel gazing. I, you need more navel gazing from the characters. I, I mean, I'm not like a huge navel gazing type guy. Like, I think that sometimes Kaladin chapters and storm like can get a little too navel gazing, like, but there needed to be something to hold on to about these characters. And there just wasn't like, in terms of, I, I never felt like I, would really know what to talk about if I were sitting around a campfire with them. I'd be like, so uh, how's that revenge plot going? You know, how's your, like, how's your latest kill? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There were so many great things about this book, but the, the lack of depth and character just for each one of these and for Elvar being the like epitome of it just took like, took it down so much for me where I, it was hard for me to stay invested in the cool things because the characters were not where they needed to be for me. Okay, two more things on Elvar, real quick. One, did you think Bior, her lover character, did you think he was a traitor? Again, I didn't care. I was like, oh, she's sleeping with that guy now, I guess. Okay. Like, I kind of thought that there would be a romance with uh, her her 
bodyguard guardian guy. Guardian guy? No, like, no, no, no. He was too old. He he kind of raised her from a child. I, I know, but like, it, but like she looks at him and said, I can't imagine life without you. I mean, come on. Like there kind of is some sort of like strong relationship there. And now she's just sleeping with this like guy with a long luscious hair you know what i mean i don't know i i like, he saved her a few times he's i know he but, seemed like a real stand-up guy i also kind of question like how did this dude how is he a traitor like this is some this is some deep cunning here in his thought cage for yeah. him to have to <laughs> put this together but like how was he in contact with these other people yeah how did that work? It worked out I, really I don't, nicely. It, yeah, it was just like, oh, okay. Now, like, was he a trader before? Had he been working with them? Had he been feeding them information about where they were at so that they could come mm-hmm. in and like and swoop? And were there breadcrumbs of that? Like, if I were to go and do a reread, would I pick up on that? Maybe. Can't hopefully, think if, of anything. If I did, like, let us know. It could have worked if he was up. magical. Like, if he was a secret, secretly a Galderman, or or if one of the Sior witches was the one doing it, but. He doesn't seem to have that ability, at least as far as we've seen. Yeah. So let us know in the comments. Like maybe we missed something. Let us know. Maybe they Discord. can like the dragon people blood. They can follow that. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But this is like it, lightning back to Harry Potter. This would be like a Slytherin just like magically like knowing that the other Slytherins were and yep now he's a traitor because he's a Slytherin or something so they found the tainted children there must be something like some way that their blood like calls to them I guess I don't know but yeah but the fact that he was a traitor was had he always been a traitor like I, I guess maybe he had he had probably infiltrated them for like that specific reason but yeah Again, like, how is he getting information out? What impact of him being a traitor besides, oh, dang, he's a traitor. You know, I just, you, this is why it's a six out of 10 for me because, because like, okay, cool. But what else <laughs> about it would bring it up past like- so a- Also at the end, after he outs himself as a traitor, he kills Agnar, which I'm assuming you didn't care about because you thought the chiefs were interchangeable. Um <laughs> Just going to assume that, go out on a limb and, and assume that, that you had an issue with that. So he makes like the most half-hearted attempt to say like, hey, Elvar, come come join me. We will change the world, right? It's like, as a reader, you're like, dude, yeah, right, seriously? Bro. Like, this has zero chance of succeeding. Did you just have to do this? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I would say at that moment, I was like, dang, Agnor was like, BA, like he just like, destroyed that person and the duel mm-hmm. like didn't see that coming and now he's dead okay that sucks like you made me care about him for like a chapter you know and then kind of did what you did at the beginning of so the book, i cared like- about him more i thought he was a nice leader he gave elvar some tokens mm-hmm. like he's a real stand-up guy both of the leaders do not remember the name of the blood leader off the top of my head unfortunately thorkel's brother uh both of them seem like pretty stand-up guys but very interchangeable again yeah well so i thought i thought it was cool how at the beginning of the book uh the brother's father that died like in the duel it kind of happened the same way where he was kind of the underdog and then won and then was killed by the thrall mm-hmm. later on after he had already won like that kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. was reminiscent of agnar and i i think that that was done purposefully hopefully it was otherwise it was you know i in my head that was done purposefully as like foreshadowing mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. okay you can't just assume that you're on uh that you're done just because you won the duel right but then also like what do duel what's the purpose of duels if 
they don't actually mean anything, you know, in the story moving forward. I guess it's just to define like these are the people with honor, these are the people without honor. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but we kind of already knew that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was I I don't know. This this is getting nitpicky. So All right. Yeah, we yeah. we don't want to be I mean, yeah, we probably are again, the comments are just going to destroy us on this one. Uh I, I'm going to read the rest of the series. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, we've gone through the characters. I want to talk more about some good things because we we did already talk about a lot of good things, but I want to be like a good thing sandwich, right? Sure. The wrap-up action set piece of this book was better than any I've read in a long time. It was like on the Abercrombie level with the two sides clashing um, and the dragon coming out and the different, um, the, the perspective from Elvar from Elvar was really unique with how she just kind of like got blasted and you kind of got that like mm-hmm. in movies when they get blasted and then they like can't really hear and they're yeah you know, definitely some yeah. some like staticky sound not staticky but very echoey sound effects through her head as she's watching the dragon fly around and she's watching the the daughters of the eagle and wolf I think fight against yeah yeah with the the backdrop of like right before that Orko was like fighting off these spiders that was a sick scene with like the the ravens that had been stuck in the spider set mm-hmm. and then and then they get kidnapped like that was all super cool so all these like plot things happening last night as i was like reading this book i was like pretty invested i felt like the writing was really strong and that pacing was really strong throughout the last 20 percent of this book yeah and that's why i'm excited to read more because i thought the ending did set up uh, some good stuff. I'm going to assume that Elvar is the new leader, the battle grim. I, I don't know why I'm assuming that she's definitely not highest in seniority, but I guess she's the character that we know the most from the, the group. So she's got to be, I don't know where Var is going because he's now met up with Orca, but he's going to have to deal with being a tainted, which I guess will be an issue for him. I think a really cool trio would be Varg and Orca and the surviving brother whose name I'm forgetting. The one that I think died. Leaf survived. Leaf survived. Mord. I'm yeah. assuming he died. He got he got a spear a through sword. the guts. Yeah, through the gut. Yeah, or back, sword. Yeah, came out through the back. Ugh. Yeah, if it comes out through the back, that's yeah, that's yeah, that that's that's pretty fatal. So I think that they that that trio would be like pretty impressive. Where because they're they're both like wolf tainted, right? Varg and Orca. Orca. Orca must be right. She's very similar. It sounded like it. Yeah. Um, so like, that would be really cool where she kind of mentors him and then he could be like the mentor to uh, her. Uh, what's Brecca? Brecca. He could be like, well, they uh, can't be together too much because the points of view, obviously you got to have some, some disparate plot lines to make it interesting for, for, for a time at least. Yeah, but I think that that would be really cool where like uh, Brecca or uh, Orca kind of mothers, mm-hmm. not mothers, but like is a mentor to Varg and then maybe she dies and then Varg kind of uh, raises or, or like mentors Brecca. You know, like I could see that being cool. And so we don't have Gwen experience, so this could be completely off base, but do you think he would kill one of his main points of views? I feel like that's a punch that he's going to pull. I don't think he kills main points of view. I think he could. I think he could. Okay. He killed a lot of side characters, which is another reason why it was hard to get invested in them. Yeah, but, but side characters. Yeah. 
I, I think he could kill a few. There's a, I mean, there's a difference when you go George R. R. Martin compared to side characters. Yeah, I, I could see him introducing another viewpoint character in the next book and then killing off one of the viewpoint mm. characters. Okay. We do need more characters. I think we need another viewpoint character or we need another character to just take a step up and kind of add some some fresh some, some fresh air to the story a little bit. Like these three, we've seen them a lot. Let, let's, let's move it along with someone else. I, I like or, that. Or get some good character development because all of these characters have a basis where I'm like, I, I'm going to remember them and I'm going to be excited to read about them again. I just mm-hmm. want there to be more depth to each one of them and then they could be super super compelling i also liked there were more crossovers by the end i think we really needed that and it was fun that it wasn't again this was some good show don't tell writing because you had like skulk the i think that's his name the galderman guy he shows up now in orca's point of view we hadn't seen him before and orca has not seen him before there's no like explanation of oh this is the guy that varg has been dealing with i mean they say the same name so obviously anyone should have picked up on that but i thought it was a nice little crossover same with brecker how how that guy shows up as part of the dragon sworn that really ties the plot together the whole plot of the missing kids and it's done in a fast-paced way but enough where the reader can pick up on it and tie things together uh, i thought that was very well done the ending was i, I applaud the ending yeah yep should we do uh, worst of the best? Yeah. So now that we've done our uh, compliment yeah. sandwich, we're going to go into our segment where once again, we're negative, but hopefully negative in kind of a funny way. So that segment, here we go. The worst of the best. With so many exemplary moments in this book, it's almost unfair to nitpick. But that's the segment. It's the pimple on the princess. The stain on the satin. And the terror before the triumph. The unfortunate portion of an otherwise stellar performance. Someone has to point it out. Okay, Josh, you have one. You want me to go? Uh, You go ahead. Okay, so you mentioned this one with the ravens. Raven saving the day. Um, I liked it because it actually was a good character moment where it called back to her and Brecca, where Brecca was like, you got to save the moth and the spider web. She thinks back to that. Um, again, I like this theme of family. I, I enjoy more of the deep character moments. For me, a lot of the book was like, okay, sword, sword, shield, violence, violence. And now once we got that fresh air of, of development of deep stuff, I was all in for that. So this was good. This was the best because it actually had that. However, it was the worst because we have these ravens that are just kind of saving the day and ravens have not been introduced as a powerful enough character for me. Like these were on like almost the level of eagles from Lord of the Rings coming in and just lifting off the roof and tossing people around. And I was like, okay, I guess ravens can do this. But at the same time, like, can they do it? I, I don't know if I was fully convinced. So it's a little jarring. I was like, okay, this is a little... Davis X Machina here didn't love it. Yeah, I thought that that was a cool. I don't know if you want to say homage to like kind of classic fantasy Lord of the Rings, where um, they they have this Davis X Machina coming in, but it done in a way that was foreshadowed. So I, I like that. I agree with you that it could have been done better, but 
There could have just been a raven earlier in the book or something. Like if if that had happened, if there was a raven doing something earlier in the book and it happened again, totally fine. I think it's awesome. Even like you see a raven carrying like a deer and you're just like, oh, dang. Mm -hmm. Like this is totally beside the point. But uh, I saw a bald eagle carrying a rabbit the other day, just like driving down the street, just random. I live in Arizona. There's some, there's like a nest of bald eagles up, up by the lake, uh, like 30 minutes away from my house. Anyway, just pretty cool sight. Sorry. <laughs> Might not cut that, but. Okay, Josh, uh, <laughs> thank you for your bald eagle anecdote. Dude, how often do you see a bald eagle just like flying? It was yeah, pretty cool. No, okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and props to you. I mean, good identification. It was like a straight up, like it wasn't very far away. It was maybe like mm. flying like 30 or 40 feet in the air. And it was just like head was straight white. Like it was pretty obviously a bald eagle. Okay. And we know there are no other giant birds with white heads. So it must be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I think that's true. I, I, I'm being yeah. facetious. Well, sorry. But there's several articles like in Arizona where I live about bald eagles, like becoming a bigger deal around. Mm. Like Anyway, they're tracking them and stuff. Anyway. Um, so my worst of the best was the dragon scene like it was for sure the coolest scene in the book and so i don't want to say like talk too much negative about it but i feel like it could have been a little bit longer and it could have showcased the dragon like a little bit more and what it was able to do because i still feel like i don't have a great idea of what how powerful dragons are in the universe yeah like what's the dragon going to do now so it can obviously shape shift uh-huh. and off it goes and also like what are the the battle crows or whatever their name is the dragon mercenaries what are they doing now i mean they're yeah. just chasing after the the dragon i guess yeah they're just like gonna ride i mean the dragon said show me my old hall or something like it wants to go back to its yes yes yeah so hard to be critical, right? Because th- there's going to be sequels. These things are going to be explored. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if we've been critical of just saying like, we want to know. These are questions. Yeah. So I, I guess I, I could have had a little bit more of a better understanding with the amount of pages devoted to this dragon fight scene. I wish I, I knew a little bit better. Like, could this thing take out an entire army? Could it like, could it be taken down by... It uh, seems like it. Could it I mean, be taken down by a ship God. on the ocean that it's ocean coming a mile away <laughs> shooting across the planet? but like, oh yes okay yeah do we have do we have giant scorpions mounted on ships somewhere do we have any hope and, and one scene would be taken out by a scorpion mounted on a ship and then the next scene would be able to dodge like 50 mounted on like the the walls over a city and just be able to expertly dodge all of them like this is mm. what i need to know um right now we're this is now uh falling into full-on hating at this point no so anyway uh, i i wish i would know a little bit more about the dragon okay all right there is our controversial review of the shadow of the gods by john gwynn <laughs> one more there thing steven i promise that i'm not like just trying to be controversial here i like legitimately did enjoy a lot about this book but i don't uh, for me it wasn't like anywhere near a nine out of 10, I like solid six, maybe six and a half. I can see where you're coming from seven and a half. I'm not trying to be just like a naysayer controversy, like just get like the. Well, I mean, look, we're not just saying I didn't like it for reasons. Like you're saying reasons. Yeah. So if you have different opinions and you're watching this, let us know what, I mean, I'm interested to see what other points of view are. I was not as negative as Josh and kind of just basically trying to moderate and play devil's advocate a little bit but i think that you have valid reasons but again preference sometimes yeah so i'm not just going for clickbait here like there's 
yeah, watch, watch the video. I'm okay to be disagreed with. If there are things I missed about the book, like, like actual things that uh, were foreshadowed or character moments that I like missed that you think that I should have, you know, that did contribute more to these characters, jump on discord and let us know, you know, be civil in these, in the YouTube comments, like, uh, please, you know, like don't go ham on it, ham on me. Cause I didn't <laughs> like the same book that you liked, you know, but yeah. 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 yeah we're, we're all fans. Um, yeah. So, so try to respect that a little bit. We'll say we did get a good review on our, on my review, my book to review a uh, breach of peace where they basically said like, I appreciate your review because this was the more honest version where, I mean, I liked Breach of Peace by Daniel Green, but there were some things I was like, yeah, you know, not my favorite, like overall, like good book, but there were some issues and the reviewer was like, thank you for being honest. So we're going to try to stick to that. We're going to try to be honest, give you our like unfiltered review. We're not trying to just play it up and make friends with everyone. Like these are real reviews. And I'm also not trying to just like get clickbait by saying, oh, uh, Shadow of the Gods is the worst book I've read all year. Like it's not right. Like it's it's a uh-huh. good book, but you know, there there you go. So having said that, I will try to make the title not too clickbaity. <laughs> <laughs> just just take the just take this take the screen grab Stephen and just yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. I think the title is going to be something like Shadow of the Gods is good, but how good or. Okay. Shadow yeah. of the Gods. That's that's good. As good as advertised, something like that. I mean, or take like the that's yeah. Honest, well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There, there right. we go. If you like ontology, if you like what we're doing here, which maybe you don't at this point, I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> but um, if you like what we're doing, you can find more reviews at www.phantologybooks.com. Hop on Discord, let us know uh, what we're missing here, what you liked, what you didn't like, what series you'd like us to review. All those things, invites to our Discord are going to be on the episode description, but like you can find it on the internet. It's not that hard. Um, just do internet things. And uh, I guess until next time, you know, keep your axes sharp, uh, avoid the battle plane. Any, any more tips for surviving in this, in this landscape of Vigrio? Lay low, man. It seemed like the, it seemed like the small folks in this book, like could have a semi, semi decent life if they just like keep their head down, you know? In contrast to the George R. R. Martin small folk who are like constantly having yeah. their towns pillaged and burned. It, it, I mean, maybe not now that there's a dragon on the loose, but so far, you know, just stay out of crap. And if you're tainted, you know, maybe don't go join up with a with a band of mercenaries and just live your life. Well, you got to be in the songs. It's all about being in the songs. Yeah, I don't. This is another thing that I don't understand. Just live your life, man. You don't have to be in the songs. No, 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 no. This is this is this, this is the Viking okay. Norse culture. This is the thing. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. We're just we're just joking at this point. Okay, we're done. Shout out the gods out. <laughs> <laughs>